So that's where most people hang out. They're on this autopilot loop of trigger behavior reward, but their trigger is, is anxious or, or, or worry, right. Or what have you. And then their behavior is go on their phone, have a drink, eat food, hang out with a person, distract, numb, distract. Right. And then, but they're actually never sitting with their emotions or feeling their emotions. And then the result or reward, they usually end up feeling worse. So I've, I, that's one of the things I also teach is like, kind of like learning how your mind works and it's built on reward based learning. So pay attention when you get triggered, like, Ooh, I just got triggered. What is that? Where's that coming from? Is it mine? Is it even mine? It could be the guy in the restaurant. Like, is this even my, my, my energy? And it's like, oh no. So it's like, all right, well, it's not mine. Because if you don't ask that question, you might take somebody else's energy and your brand creates a story. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Going Out, looking in the podcast about the big questions of life, personal growth and spirituality. My name is Maxi, I'm your host and it's been a minute guys, it's been a minute since I sat down on this chair and since I talked to you, I know that and the reason is that a lot of stuff happened in my private life and I mean, you know, the world keeps doing its thing and spinning on its axis and yeah you know some events are bigger than others and yeah I'm currently really navigating a new territory for me and it affects everything I'm doing and I feel like I want to share what it is that I'm currently dealing with and navigating because you know this podcast is so raw and honest and close to my heart that you know if something very big happens with me I cannot not say anything and pretend like life is just you know going on as usual because right now it, it's different and that is because the love of my young life and myself have decided to go into a different direction with our romantic relationship so Julia and myself are in the process of conscious uncoupling and we are transitioning from a romantic partnership into a loving friendship and that is it's a big one for me um, it's been the last you know it's been seven years of a beautiful relationship between two souls and yeah it's an active decision from me to share this uh, I also will not share any more details I guess as of now because it obviously also includes um, another person and there's just a lot going on it's just very fresh and everything so I leave it at that but you know it comes up in the conversation I had with my guest today and it will potentially come up with you know many more conversations and so I just feel like this is the right thing to do 
and also sort of leave it at that and not go any deeper. Yeah, so um, having said that, I'm so excited to announce today's guest. I'm speaking with Justin Lovato. I discovered Justin through a conversation of him and another very beautiful soul, Misha, from The Chainless Life and his podcast. And I listened to a bunch of different episodes that Justin did with other podcasters and YouTubers. And I was just really, really fascinated by this guy. You know, you just sometimes see people and you cannot put your finger on it, what it is exactly that is sort of resonating with you, but you just know that they have something that you want to have. And so it was for Justin and myself. I just felt like there's something that he knows that I haven't experienced yet in this human experience. So I invited him to be on the show. So Justin, he is a former bodybuilder, actually. He's a breathwork facilitator, a very serious meditator and investigator of life and the human experience, a very wise person who understood life in its entirety and who is living from a place of enlightenment and awakening. And you will see throughout the conversation what I mean by that and that I'm very serious about it when I'm saying that, you know, he just got it, you know, and he's living from that place, he's sharing from that place, um, he's working within that space with his clients, who he guides within, you know, spiritual work, meaning breath work, plant medicine, cacao ceremonies, but also just holding space and sharing his wisdom and knowledge about you know how to work with the body as well so he includes all those different sort of techniques into his work helping individuals to live an aligned life and this is very admirable and very fascinating how he does it and yeah it was a very lovely conversation that went really deep very quickly and a lot of practical knowledge in there about you know consciousness nature of things the universe so you know um, we talked really a lot about his journey his context his enlightenment um, his relationship to himself and you'll see that there's a very interesting distinction that he makes when it comes to himself and the person that he is sort of embodying in this world very interesting tremendous insight because it really also helped me but you'll see about that we talked about his meditation practice him how he is opening his heart and how he helps clients to keep an open heart through life through whatever is coming your way how you can yeah just stay open um, we talked about original thoughts and downloads from the universe, the way that we maybe get lost and how we can find our way back to our essential self, conscious consumerism, really interesting how Justin is basically relating to everything around him 
and how he is sort of living from a very conscious place, very present place, and how that is affecting his decisions, his consumer decisions in everyday life. So a lot of stuff that we talked about. Um, I'm very excited to share this one with you. It was a beautiful conversation with a beautiful person. I actually really want to start working with him. I want to, you know, participate in some of his breathwork uh, classes and stuff because I think it's, yeah, he really knows what he's talking about. So I'm curious to see where this is going for myself. And I'm obviously also curious to see where this is going with you. Um, let me know, please, uh, when you're listening uh, to this on Spotify, there's a new feature where you can interact with me. Let me know what you think about this episode. Um, also, make sure to, you know, go on the platforms and rate the podcast. I'm not actually not saying this enough. It really helps the podcast. So if you haven't reviewed the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, just like the video, give it a comment, um, leave anything that came up with you in the comments. It really helps me and us to create even better episodes and invite guests. So, you know, just a little sort of impulse from me. Um, yeah, uh, I have to <laughs> include that a little bit more in my intros. Okay, with all that being said, um, sorry for the long introduction. I wish you so much fun and enlightenment and love with this episode. And this is Justin Lovato. So thank you so much for taking the time and space to talk with me today, Justin. Um, I, you know, throughout the journey of the podcast, had the pleasure of talking to numerous individuals so far and beautiful souls. And actually with each and every one of them, the journey has been that I, through different sources or impulses, got in touch with with them with the guests and it's always something that I find fascinating um, and oftentimes I cannot put my finger on it it's just something that um, people have about them um, and that makes me really want to talk to them and ask them questions and so it was uh, for you as well. Um, so basically, I think you're really emanating a um, beautiful, gracious presence and aura. And I have the feeling that there's a lot of wisdom out there and information that we can consume, especially when it comes to, you know, the depth of life and the human experience. However, there's few individuals I came across that are able to really sort of condense and transform and, and translate those teachings and the wisdom and the experiences that they collected uh, and share them. And I think that's incredibly powerful and you are just someone that I found is really well 
versed in that and is really capable of doing that. Um, sometimes not even with saying something, you're just like, you, I can sort of feel it even through a screen. Um, and so that being said, I guess I want to start with finding out a little bit more about the context um, that might be relevant, necessary to us listeners who haven't seen or heard something about you previously. Um, what do you feel like um, is, is important or maybe interesting to share from where you're coming from and where you are right now? Mm. Yeah, I guess uh, what essentially I, I do, um, I wouldn't call it work, but what I do in each and every day is, is to essentially be of service. And um, I think I've always been in this line of service consciously or unconsciously. And as I started getting into my own personal work with um, consciousness and stillness and meditation, uh, I also became very aware that most people um, we're suffering from the mind, the programs and conditioning and limitations of the mind. And I became really curious as to um, why I didn't suffer um, like most people were. And so I started kind of like really looking within to try to understand essentially the difference. And I came to the awareness that I exist at a very, very extreme level of presence. Um, the childlike presence that children all have, mine simply never left. Uh, yeah, I consistently am curious and always asking questions on everything uh, in a curious matter, in a non-judgmental matter. And I think this consistent state of presence also allows me to um, receive original thoughts. Um, downloads, if you will, uh, due to the mind being still, due to being present. I always um, explain presence as a portal. And if we can quiet the mind, if we can truly be present, that portal is always open for loving awareness, for consciousness, for original thought to come through and uh, hopefully help this person become more aware of its behaviors and how it operates and uh, its perspectives and how it could possibly shift and so i um i first when i first got into this work of being of service and trying to help people um understand the power of presence i first was using my words which is very helpful um but i realized if i could teach them how to quiet the mind hold space for the mind to no longer identify with the mind, um, they're able to do the work, they're able to connect the dots, they're able to remember uh, who they truly are, what they're truly a part of. And so I'm a person who helps people awaken, if you will, or at least guide them through the process of the awakening, uh, which, which is a lot of fun. And really, um, Again, like understanding the power of stillness, the present moment, um, mm -hmm. and, and helping people introduce this through modalities, through conversation, through the breath, through training even, uh, through the cold. Mm -hmm. 
So that's what I, yeah, that's what it comes down to are these, these powerful present moments that allow us to have this awareness shift. I realize that most people suffer due to lack of awareness, right? And so how can we help people become more aware? And that's by teaching them the power of presence. So it's presence gives us awareness then leads to powerful behavioral shifts and changes within our everyday lives. Mm. So powerful and I think very different to a lot of per people's journeys. Um, also, one of the things that really stood out for me was what you were just sharing regarding, yeah, your, your starting point that might be a little bit <laughs> different to the starting point of many people I know who are on the path uh, of looking inside, um, essentially my own as well. Um, so, you know, working my way back And I feel like you, yeah, you just didn't have as much, you know, road ahead <laughs> to work back. Um, and, you know, what really, really moved me, I think it's, it's very beautiful in a sense of, and, and I guess you know how, what I mean with that, uh, when it comes to your father and your personal, like, background um, and how you were able to, from like a very young age sort of like navigate um abuse or like violence or any sort of behavior that is um potentially causing harm and you were really um at least this is what i received you crystal clear on um what was going on and you were able to yeah extract your yourself from from that and see things in a sort of broader perspective um, for, I guess, uh, how, it, how it actually is. Um, remarkable, really admirable. And, and I think um, that is also why it was so fascinating for me um, because you, you also used the word um, enlightenment and awakening um, very very casually and um but but it doesn't make me not believe you or something and actually just the opposite um which is not the case for many people i have to say um and so um i would love to talk a little bit about that like um baby basically sort of like the the access to you know the universal consciousness and wisdom um like and also the like enlightenment if you if you will How, um, what are your experiences with that and also when you were working with people um, like because the vibe i'm getting is for you it's achievable you know for everyone um and so i would be curious like how you teach that or how you found it for, out for yourself and then also on maybe also your opinion on how the how the common perception around awakening and enlightenment is and i don't know how you maybe also want to change that in a way yeah yeah i think 
I think conversations are incredibly powerful and the way that we have them um, is very important. I think since I do a lot of this, this work and I, and I really do um, walk the walk as well, like, you know, I wake up, I do my meditations uh, daily pretty much. And I also do another one in the afternoon. I really make it a point to be present uh, through my day and to do um, activities that require my attention, that require my presence. So I, I do a lot of the, the actual inner work and I feel like that's important um, to raise your vibration, to have your energy riding high, mm -hmm. uh, to be that, to be that light, to be that love. And when you do this, this work, you allow yourself to really grow in powerful ways to remove judgment from all areas of your life to really not um, respond from the ego. It, it really does truly dissolve um, more and more and more, and you can recognize it and not respond from it better and better each day. Eventually, it's mostly not there. So when I think when you can create that level of um, light and love within yourself, when you have these type of calls or even these types of podcasts, it's received much differently. Um, because I'm a mirror, right? It allows you to see uh, that within you and you feel safe. Uh, you, there's no judgment coming from me, which allows you to also remove that within you. So com conversations are very powerful, but I feel like um, the energy has to be appropriate for there to be um, the ability to actually look at things without shame or guilt or judgment. So I think that's a big component of my work are these types of conscious conversations um, in a really safe environment, whether it's in person or even through a screen. It's, it's the feedback is that it's felt and and people can truly be heard and possibly even for the first times within themselves. Most people don't know how to truly speak on things and feel their emotions and to have the ability to do that is really powerful. Uh, the next thing is introducing them just to the language of awakening and enlightenment and using those types of terms and kind of talking about certain things, like asking them questions like, uh, who are you? Uh, or when you say, I, who are you referring to? Or who sees when you see? Or who hears when you hear? So asking them unique questions that they can think about in a safe set and setting is really powerful. And we get to have fun exploring that. So we start planting known seeds they're known that's why they sound familiar because you already know you know everything that i'm already talking about we are the one we are the same i am you you are me and i make that very clear i let them know they fully know it's just the mind gets in the way we get into establishing that you have a mind but you are not the mind that you have thoughts but you are not the thoughts and so i have a lot of fun asking them if if you aren't your thoughts, if you aren't your feelings, if you are not your emotions, whose are they? And that's a fun question. And the answer is the person. The person has thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And so if you're not the thoughts, the feelings, and emotions, if you're not the person, who are you? And that's a fun question to ask somebody. And so these kind of get the wheels kind of stirred. Some people don't have an answer. Other people... The soul, hmm, that's a good answer, you know, and start playing with that. And then I let them know, like oftentimes they are operating from only this one self, the person. 
And when we get quiet, we can shift into uh, different selves, higher selves, if you will. And then we can guide this self, this person with loving awareness in these profound present moments. And I often tell them that you are as simplified as possible. You are the parent and the child in this situation. And how can we slide into the seat of the parent, the loving parent that can guide this child who has these conditionings, these programs, these beliefs, these ideologies, and to help them break free of these um, mind movies, these thought movies, and to help them see what they're truly a part of, which is the infinite universe. And so these types of conversations are, they kind of go just like this, how I'm speaking. Um, and then introducing him to the breath, which is very powerful. Meditation is amazing. It's presence, it's the beingness, but oftentimes the mind is very, very chaotic and very, very loud. So the breath I feel is an important tool to move a lot of the energy that's stored within the body, um, allowing the mind to actually quiet down to where you become nothing, nobody or one to separate, not separate, but shift into that higher self. And then the work kind of does itself. It's really quite beautiful. You know, they guide themselves in this space that they basically start shamaning themselves mm. in these moments. And that's what a shaman really is. They kind of remove the, the fear for the person, for the human. And if the human has the fears, and so the shaman is more so the placebo, I feel, in many ways, to help with the fear. But they can obviously uh, shaman themselves when they slide into that higher self and start holding space for their person. And whatever it is they need to heal from, from their past experiences or whatever anxiety they have about the future. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot in there that really resonates with me um also again very different approach which i really like um shamaning yourself taking that one i heard you talk about your first plant medicine journeys and and, and encounters and you know basically also shamaning yourself on them um DMT as you know being one of them where you know people and friends around me they're like dude man that's the 10 out of 10 you don't want to mess around with that kind of stuff you know um which you know I don't intend to mess around with it uh, you know I have like intentions and sort of like a like a reverence for 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 the power of it however um before hearing about your experience um it never even crossed my mind to um do it on my own <laughs> especially on, uh, for the first time but i guess you know going back to the starting point where where you are and the level of consciousness um and presence that you have um i guess um is also sort of to be taken into account when doing those sort of things very um, much yeah, so, very much so yeah <laughs> um, that's important because what's stopping right what's what's stopping the the ability to shaman oneself is the mind the fear the ego right so if you don't have the fear 
if the mind is still, if the mind is present, there, there isn't any distortions for when you get the, the, the download, right? Because that's what's happening. You're opening the portal and the download can come through. Well, if the, if the person has all these fears of letting go of control of this, that, and the other, it, it, that can, that can make for an interesting <laughs> ceremony. Um, because it's, it's, it's never a bad trip. It's always the mind that creates it or the body that creates it due to its thoughts, feelings, and emotions, the experiences. So if you are free from those experiences, if you don't identify with your traumatic experiences, if you don't even see it as trauma, right? You can keep zooming out. There really is no trauma. There's just isness, mm. right? There is no good or bad. So you can really start to be okay with life as it is. Life is sometimes messy, it's scary and hard, but it's not personal. It's never Absolutely personal. Not. No. So that's how I was able to see it as a child too, with my abusive dad and our household. You know, that's why I didn't take on that energy. I, I didn't make it about me, which is what most people do. They they feel, and it's very, very normal, by the way. It's very strange that I didn't do this. Mm. Um, to to feel unlovable, to feel unworthy, to feel not enough from the way that my father um, treated me. Um, most cases, we would interpret it as I am not lovable. I am not enough when we become abused, when we are judged in such profound ways. That's the, uh, the behavior, the I am not enough behavior, which most most every single person suffers from. And this, this is very common, the I am not enough. Um, even if you have great parents, most of the time parents are raising us to be socially acceptable. And they do this by punishing or rewarding us. And the way they come up with this grading system of punishment versus reward is by society and what they seem as, what they deem as success or okay or not okay. And so parent, and that comes from a place of fear parents raising their children out of fear of what society thinks of them as a parent so that fear is passed down to the child and then usually it's amplified in school systems with pass or fail so children are trying to get good grades to be enough to be smart enough to be praised by parents and social status to be enough and then also the dogmatic religions heaven or hell are you good enough to get into heaven are you good enough are you good enough so this this is a very collective um, behavior, uh, program, perspective, if you will, of I am not enough, but it's just the story. That's the funny part. It's just, it's just the story. It's not true. It's just a program. It, it's, I mean, it's rendering in, I don't know, man, 8K <laughs> um, crystal clear and sharp. And so the illusion is, nearly perfect um and i guess what there's a couple of things that really fascinate me and i think that that's really coming from a really personal sort of point well like space from me now where i'm so curious is always like the fall from the garden basically so how what so basically what i want to ask you is why do you think um did this happen in the first place why did we get so lost you know because it's clearly so beautiful i think and really yeah admirable and and sort of really something to strive for to overcome this 
the you know ever chatting mind and to see things for how they are um, and live from that place um, which still you know allows you to do all the beautiful things that this human experience has to offer um, so I guess my question is just like yeah why do you think um, uh, did we did we did we lose that or and how yeah. I don't think I don't think we ever lost it you know so let's talk about the definition of enlightenment at least for me yeah so enlightenment is the understanding that the universe is consciousness and that consciousness is infinite it's pure um in conscious in consciousness that is the universe is experiencing itself through everything through everyone all at once all the time through different levels of awareness through you through me through my dog through everything the trees the rocks birds bees the space that you can't see the blackness in space the sun everything in this universe is the universe experiencing itself and i think that's what's beautiful about this polarity about this duality gives the experience if it was already perfect what would be to experience so the yin and the yang are are just what is there is no good or bad there is no right or wrong there is no supposed to be anywhere it's just the polarity of things for us to fully experience and and see how we feel about that experience does it align with who we are and the only way to do that is to go through it again like there is no good or bad that's a human construct there is no trauma in nature yeah there's no trauma in nature nature i mean planets are consistently smashing into each other and it's just happening yeah it's not bad that it happens it's not good that it happens so like when you can zoom out so to speak from making it personal and be at peace with what is then you're truly free it's when we resist reality where we find divisiveness within ourselves. I'm so like right now, we talked about it briefly in the beginning, um, as I'm navigating this sort of really new situation in my relationship, this is exactly what is coming up. Like, can I be in harmony with what truly is happening? Because it is happening. <laughs> it's yeah, happening. it's just happening. Uh, yeah. just, the ego like, resists. The ego resists, the ego tries to grab hold. It doesn't want to feel the discomfort. It doesn't want to feel the pain. It doesn't want to feel the fear, but that's why we're here to have those experiences, to feel all these things, not to avoid them, not to resist them, not to have them. I think oftentimes people feel that life is supposed to be all perfect and happiness and sunshines and rainbows, but that's not it at all. It's to experience the full experience of this human experience. And that includes suffering and that includes pain and frustration and death. It just comes down to how do you, how do you approach those things? How do you hold space for those things? Do you close or do you stay open? Mm. That's it. That's to me, that's, that's it. Do you close or do you stay open during all situations? good or bad can you be at peace during all situations good or bad quote unquote and then you realize it's much easier to do that if you don't see things as good or bad all right you can you can keep zooming out so to speak 
Yeah, and what I also wanted to quickly point out is what really helped me to like. It's very pragmatic, but just a verbal distinction. And I've heard you do that plenty of times uh, when you say the person and you refer to yourself as the person having this human experience and, you know, you being the timeless seer, the essence, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um, it just, um, it helps. It helps um, on a cognitive level through language to understand what is actually happening and to create some sort of distance um, and compassion also for this person who who is so much it's it's a lot you know i've also heard someone the other day um i think it was bashar like um like a guy who's channeling uh and he um also said like basically you know the human experience it's it's a uh, it's um it's not an, an per se easy one to basically navigate um, with all the input we are receiving and stuff. Um, again, not judging it as good or bad, but it's just a very high sort of high level, high frequency um, existence um, where a lot of stuff and yeah, information is coming in and the human, you know, the sensory suit um is is incredibly um sensitive and um complex and multifaceted so um i think it's yeah just to 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 develop some sort of compassion for that you know and holding space um is also something that really can be done very very simply by just I was just like the other, like two, one day, like yesterday, it was just like really painful for me, the situation I'm in right now. And then I was just like really just talking to my person. I was just like, wow, Maxi, you were just like, um, this is heavy right now. Um, I feel that, you know, it even, it even goes to the lower back, you know, there's like some sort of tension there. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe you want to you know take it slow today um and so it, it it helps um and you know you might have heard that in a or read that in a self-help book already but when it comes with this deeper understanding of like who is talking to who <laughs> then i think it's um it becomes really deep and then you're just like I've been here looking at what is going on the whole time. There never has been a time I was not looking at this person because you are literally the one who notices everything. Otherwise, how would you know what's going on? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, um, but that's brilliant. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Being able to, to really slide into that. It's funny. It's like when we first when we first start awakening, we still operate from the person very much. When we say I, it's like, I have this trauma. I have these things. I, 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 and they're referring to the person. But as you keep meditating and shifting into these higher selves, whether it be the soul or the one self, right? Or possibly even the void through extreme meditation or plant medicine, mm. right? You start operating from these different selves, zooming out, so to speak. And then you realize what you're able to truly hold space for. And so you'll, you, you'll, you're essentially all of the selves, obviously, but you can really guide these maybe lower selves 
that that are struggling with an ego right that are going through it that have maybe experienced trauma you know loss maybe they are confused maybe they're programmed through a system maybe you know and they just need this guidance this beautiful guidance and we can really start guiding this beautiful person to loving awareness to a more conscious space and it, it starts to it st actually starts to join consciousness in a way it upgrades it keeps getting these these downloads on how to be more love and how to remember what it's a part of and it becomes more intelligent the person becomes more intelligent the person becomes more conscious becomes more aware it, it, it also becomes more powerful it can start manifesting it can start creating it sees that it's limitless and so it starts joining the infinite comp consciousness if you will and that's why meditation is so profound to do on a daily basis and get really really deep um so we can remember the the hard part is remembering that's the hard part is remembering but if you get still on a daily basis you soon will always remember that you are consciousness having this beautiful experience through different levels of awareness and and you get to really enjoy every part of it even even the the downs like it's part of the human experience and you can fully love that experience and open to that experience and be grateful for that experience and life becomes really magical at that point yeah the depth and the sounds and the tones and the yeah highs and lows i think the and and i've i also want to go to the opening and closing of the heart um you you also talk about that um I, to witness the depths to which the heart can feel um, and the melodies it can play, it's absolutely, it's incredible. And uh, yeah, once we remove that judgment and that sort of labeling, um, it becomes, yeah, I, I, I don't know this picture, there's, there's like, an, like a metaphor coming to me. I don't know. And I also original thoughts. I love that. I so love that. Reminds me of something I talked about with an, with another um, beautiful soul um, who basically told the story of Prince and Michael Jackson, where apparently Michael Jackson was saying, you know, he receives these downloads constantly and he has to write them down because if he doesn't, um, Prince will, you know, and... And so it's floating around, you know, it's all, it's all there. And yeah. it's for us to be at a stage to receive, to receive that, you know, and I think this, this is so beautiful. And so original thoughts, again, language, I think is very well put because it's just like this infinite wisdom, um, that is accessible for all of us. And it's such a, it's such a rich source um that require yeah it just requires a little bit of trust i guess in the beginning once you're not really familiar with the power of it um but once you tasted those waters also like one thing i like yeah synchronicity you know once you tasted those waters of synchronistic numbers and appearances and events that are happening it's just incredible it's just like incomprehensible and that's also so funny then when the very limited ego and mind is sort of confronted with the universal consciousness and wisdom and it's just like trying to make sense of it it's, it's actually a bit funny to see that sometimes <laughs> no it's just like comes up with oh, okay it must be 
um, coming from here and then to there and uh, but at some point it's just that like, becomes so big and so abstract that you're just like surrendering and then it's just like okay well there's no way I could explain how this magic could happen um, <laughs> but yeah it's just just some things that were coming uh, from, I love from it. what you were sharing <laughs> I love it I love it yeah, you know, and then when we really fall into this space of fully allowing and fully trusting, once we remove, you know, the clinging and the grabbing and the resisting to reality, we get to truly be fully present. And and when we're truly present, we're fully connected, um, then we get to actually experience, I think, things on such a profound level. Um, I don't think I'm even fully aware of that yet. I think there's definitely still parts of me that that maybe have some maybe buried shadow work maybe or maybe some mm. ego here and there of course uh, what's good is i don't really react to it anymore i can feel it and i'm really good at alchemizing now um my energy immediately and, and including also like karma you can you can write your karma right away i would say um, like for instance i'll just use an example like say there's an individual who you weren't very fond of in your past and now you are more enlightened and that individual just walks through the door. So there might be a, a autopilot trigger response of like, oh, this person, right? Like, mm, this person, I don't care for this person. And you cast judgment. And right away, you feel that. You feel when you cast the judgment. You feel the energy within your chest or within your throat. You feel that judgment. And so I, if that were to happen to me, because it's just a trigger or auto, autopilot reaction, right, of my person, um, I then can tell him like, Hey, correct it, correct it. Send that individual love, send that individual light, let them know that they're safe, that they're not judged, that they are welcome. And I'll say that to the individual who my person just on autopilot judged and I'll correct and alchemize it just like that. And then that feeling is completely gone. And that person feels welcome, safe and loved in my household or wherever we are at. Um, so I get really good at anytime I feel the, the trigger of, fear or judgment or what have you, I can alchemize it immediately and correct it immediately. Um, and you can even do it with, with somebody that say is work going through it. Say you're at a restaurant and someone's being really rude to the waiter Well, you could, and you could feel that anxiety from the waiter. You can feel the anxiety from the customer, right? And you can feel it within yourself, the, the tension, the ego in the room. And so you can feel that and then alchemize it for them as well. You can send them love, send them light, send them love, send them light, and you can alchemize them as well. And you can remove the energy from the room. So you get really good at wielding and, and alchemizing energy as you go through your day. You can help people work through their ego um, on a silent level just by giving them your attention, your love, your presence. And the same thing goes for the car karma, I would say. You don't have to come back a bunch of times to write your karma. You can just be authentically sorry and then authentically forgive oneself in that very moment. It's done. Learn from it. Apologize for it and truly forgive yourself. Yeah, it's done. So you can be good about that too. So whether you've done something in the past or you did something earlier today that you don't feel great about, authentically apologize. You don't even have to do it to the person, you can do it to the universe. You know, authentically forgive yourself and you can be rid of that karma as well. Mm. Wow, that's that's really powerful. I really like that. 
especially when you can do it for other people i think this is wow yeah i haven't actually yeah i haven't i haven't done it um but i that's a very beautiful um thing because i actually wanted to ask you also uh earlier on uh, when we, we were talking about where one is starting on that journey i wanted to ask you how um how you relate to people who are not on the same frequency basically compassion and empathy love them. um yeah yeah it's, so, a, it's just it's just love them answer. yeah love them exactly yeah because I don't need them to be anywhere. I don't need them to be anything, right? Because that's also ego, needing somebody to be a certain way for you to feel okay, for the world to be okay. That's all ego. Yeah, so you get good about like, oh, okay, that's my ego needing things to be this, that, and the other. But the reality is that people are figuring it out and people are going through it and that's okay. And that's what it is. Like, what can you do? I could just love the shit out of that person. I could love them and I could be here for them. I'm not going to judge them. That doesn't help because again, we're mirrors. That's what's beautiful is like remembering everything is energy. We're really authentically remembering that we are all one and we are all fully connected. That's a very, very important thing that I think a lot of people also forget. The law of attraction isn't just something. It is the universal truth. The law is the law. So I realize if I can see the loving awareness, if I can see source the universe in that unconscious being then i mirror that person for them to see that within themselves and that's what shifts consciousness it's it's the it's the it's to see the love through the unconsciousness see the consciousness through the unconsciousness and when we do that we give the opportunity for these radical shifts in enlightenment um or awakening uh, for everybody it's when we judge because then they feel that judgment. That's what's fascinating about all of this is that we really have the power within ourselves to, to guide people just by loving them when they're stressed, when they're going through it, when they're acting out. It's just usually hard because um, we take it personally. Um, our ego gets in the way. It hits usually triggers within us from our own childhood. So it's a, it's a little bit harder to not be, become reactive, and respond from a place of fear or lack. But if you do the self work by meditating every day and you, and you let your person know like, Hey, those were experiences. Yes, they were hard and in some ways traumatic, so to speak, but it wasn't personal. It never was. And it never has been. And then the person starts to see that as well. The person starts to have more empathy. The person starts to see that we're all figuring it out and then can have love for those individuals. I wanted to maybe touch quickly on on meditation as a tool. Um, I know you are very rigid on your own um, structure around it and you really prioritize it and you want to make sure that you make space for that. Um, I'm very much so myself, to be honest. Um, I'm I'm really... Um, I'm seeing the importance and the significance it, it has on my, on my centeredness and my grounding. Um, 
However, there's um, quite a few people since also I became more vocal about it in my, you know, circle that um, beautiful souls and really like also very intelligent and everything. And they're really curious and exploring those higher states of consciousness. Um, however, some of them have um, tremendous trouble with meditating. Um, they really struggle to calm down um, physically, first of all, um, and then also mentally. Um, so really, they really struggle and then they basically end up not doing it um, anymore. Um, so, um, but I know that you, you know, I actually have it here somewhere, somewhere um, where you said, you know, if there's one thing you want to share to the whole world, it would be just like, be still. Um, and I, I resonate with that. So I, I, I'm like subscribing and say yes. Um, but now when looking at those other people I was just talking about, um, so what is your opinion about about people really struggling with that and sort of like do you think that there's other sort of like forms of becoming still or is meditation really sort of the ultimate one and you just have to work find your way back to it or something yeah yeah again it's having those conversations when they say i'm having trouble I, my mind is this so they're already speaking from the person again so that's a big that's a big shift right so it's like okay well it's not you you are consciousness so your person your sentient being has a busy mind that won't shut off your person who has this energy possibly trapped in its vessel has trouble sitting still to meditate okay well logically what can we do to help this person mm -hmm. move this energy around what can we do to help this person quiet the mind down what behaviors can we become aware of that maybe aren't serving it and to make those changes so again, you have to slide into that higher self seat and start guiding the person who will be resistant, who will be afraid, who will, who has an ego, who, who will come up with all the excuses of not to sit down and, and so forth. So you have to maybe come up with gimmicks or have your person become clear. Yeah. Be, like figure out how your person works for me. Um, he, he, uh, when I speak to him in the morning, when he's resistant, it's playful. It's like playful banter. Like if he's resistant with doing meditation, I'm like, bro, get the <laughs> fuck up, get up. You know, after the first round, you know, what's up. And he's like, yeah, I got you. Right. And it's like, there's that little bit of dialogue. So the dialogue's important as opposed to saying like, I don't want to do it. So there, so that's the difference. I think a lot of people are still operating from the person, therefore very much asleep, right? They're in the dream as only the person. So that's a huge shift in that awareness is realizing that, okay, you're not the person, you're not the thoughts, you're not the feelings or the emotions, but you still have to help this person become more aware of how to live a more divine, more aligned life. And part of that is reconnecting to the divine on a daily basis, AKA meditation. <laughs> and so if it has a busy mind and has trouble, maybe pay attention like, wow, like, am I overstimulated? Am I having too much coffee? Am I consuming a lot of information on social media? Or am I watching this blue screen or this TV all the time? Like maybe the music I'm listening to, what about the food am I eating? Like what vibration are all these things at that could possibly be making me more anxious that doesn't allow me to actually sit down. So again, like all inner dialogue, all like self-awareness type of questions. 
And that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't do is actually integrate once they start doing the work, which makes the work kind of difficult. So like, you know, like the whole reason why we're becoming present is so that you could become aware of the behaviors that you aren't aware of, that you are on autopilot engaging in each and every day that are actually causing you to possibly suffer or to be at a low vibration. So I understand that getting still allows me to become simply aware of the behaviors that are in my blind spots. And so it's a, it's a, I simplify it. It's like, okay, this is just a tool. And at first the tool is hard because the person, not you, the person doesn't like change. It doesn't, it also, it's fear of the unknown, very much human characteristic. Anxiety is a human characteristic from like caveman days, you know? So you don't have anxiety, the person does. And so you'd be like, Hey, I know you're anxious. I know you're anxious about the unknown. And I know you're anxious about possibly sitting with this, this wound that you have not been able to sit with yet. And I know that's probably why you're avoiding it, right? Sitting in that, that, that thing that's going to come up, that's stopping you from fully connecting. You might have to sit with that and fully feel that emotion that you've been not wanting to feel that you have not been to avoid. So that voice that comes up that says, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do the meditation starting Monday. Like, well, that's the person whose voice is that, that you can start differentiating who's speaking. That might even be the ego voice. Like, oh, I'll start later. Oh, I'll do it later. Oh, it's the same thing. Like when we want to eat clean, you know, why do we want to eat clean? Oh, that's the more conscious stuff. Like eat clean, eat healthy. Right. And then the ego is like, start Monday. <laughs> and it's, you start hearing, you ever seen the, the cartoon of the angel and the person and the devil? Um, I don't think so. It's a pretty famous cartoon. Um, you're the first person that says no. So most people will be able to, they'll know. So there's a cartoon or like, usually like it was even in Aladdin, the movie Aladdin uh, back yeah, in the okay. day where it's speaking yeah, I, and the I genie in there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you, if you think of it in this terms, the person's the person in the situation, the angel's the higher self and the devil's the ego. And, and usually people are operating between these three selves on a given basis. Right. Usually people are not people, but usually, usually consciousness is operating between these three yeah. states yeah. in this, in this space right now. Right. So you get really good at like, who's speaking right now. And, and you get really good at knowing when the ego speaks and you're like, ah, I'm good right now. Like you get out of here. <laughs> and then you get really good at listening to the higher self, you know, and the higher self is like, yeah, do this and do this. And, and as the mind becomes quieter, you're connected to that higher self even more. And that's where the downloads come through even more that you can hear it clear as day, the original thought, the conscious thought. Mm. So it's about quieting the fear-based mind and the ego so that you can actually hear the good angel the higher self being like, you should do that, guiding you, so to speak. And then over time, the person realizes like, oh man, love is always a better choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and plus the brain is built on reward-based learning. So also the brain is, is kind of funny. It's always going to choose the bigger, better behavior. And once we realize that, then we just have to introduce our person to a better behavioral choice over time, it'll start to automatically choose that. That'll become the new autopilot. Because right now, most people become triggered and then unconsciously they engage into a behavior that truly doesn't serve them. And then they unconsciously never ask themselves, was that behavior actually good for me? But the reason why the, the brain creates this habit loop around this poor, this poor uh, behavior uh, that's happening 
is because of the quick feeling of dopamine, if you will, right? It's like, oh, here's a quick fix, but you have to like talk to the person and be like, well, how did that actually make you feel? So if I'm anxious due to a thought, right? A thought creates anxiety trigger within me. I could on autopilot reach for my phone to cope, numb or distract myself from that feeling. Well, after I'm done that phone, I didn't actually, so since I went on my phone and distracted myself, I never sat with that feeling to process it, to understand where it came from. So then after I get off the phone, the result or, or reward of that unconscious behavioral choice, I'm still anxious. And yeah. then it just loops and then it just loops right back around again. So that's where most people hang out. They're on this autopilot loop of trigger behavior reward, but their trigger is, is anxious or, or, or worry, right. Or what have you. And then their behavior is go on their phone, have a drink, eat food, hang out with a person, distract, numb, distract. Right. And then, but they're actually never sitting with their emotions or feeling their emotions. And then the result or reward, they usually end up feeling worse. So I've, I, that's one of the things I also teach is like, kind of like learning how your mind works and mm. it's built on reward-based learning. So pay attention when you get triggered, like, Ooh, I just got triggered. What is that? Where's that coming from? Is it mine? Is it even mine? It could be the guy in the restaurant. Like, is this even my, my, my energy? And it's like, Oh no. So it's like, all right, well, it's not mine because if you don't ask that question, you might take somebody else's energy and your brain creates a story which is kind of wild, right? So you can be like using somebody else's energy and that, and that can hit like maybe a wound that you haven't dealt with could trigger that in your mind. And then that becomes your reality for that brief moment. And then you unconsciously want to remove like this gross feeling that you're having that was given you by somebody else who was yelling at a waiter. And you then like dive into some form of behavior that's really not good for you either. And you'll realize like, okay, well, I need to start becoming aware of when this happens so I can actually help my human, my person pick a bigger, better behavior, a loving behavior. And it's always going to be presence. Mm -hmm. It's always presence. There's nothing, there's nothing outside of it. There's nothing bigger or better than presence, AKA love because presence and stillness is the same frequency as love. So that's the beauty part about this. So anytime that you become triggered or your wound gets hit or something happens, like it's a no brainer, so to speak, to pick presence, whether that be the breath and meditation, the cold, because it forces you into presence, the heat, yoga, training, a run, dancing, right? Presence, whatever, whatever can pull you into the present moment. And then when you find that presence, the mind movie that's creating the feeling is no longer there because that's, it's not real to begin with. It's a mind movie. Mm. So that's why people suffer. They get pulled into their mind movies and that becomes their reality and that creates the feeling within them. So, and then you can ask your person after they say, chose a present behavior, you ask them like, how do you feel? And then he'll be like, I feel better. And then there's data, it stores. And then you do it again and then you do it again. And guess what happens? Because again, the brain is built on reward-based learning. Eventually that becomes the new autopilot habit loop. So you'll become triggered and you're like, hey, I'm gonna go for a walk. And it's just like a thing that happens. You get triggered like, hey, I'm gonna go sit out in the sun. Mm. I'm like, okay. I'm going to be triggered. Hey, I'm going to do some breath work in the bedroom for like 10 or 15 minutes and move this out of me. Right. And that becomes your new way of, of, of dealing or handling or holding space for whatever comes at you in life. And what's kind of cool is like, as a lot of times the thought movies, as you do your, your healing and your work and you keep zooming out and not taking things personally and not seeing things as trauma, 
a lot of those mind movies, they just never exist anymore. So you're free of all those mind movies. They're gone. And that creates a lot of space for presence. Yeah. Right. Now imagine if you, if you understand it's a human condition to be anxious about the unknown uncertainty. Uh, and, and then you can realize like, okay, I can even zoom out of that human behavior. I can zoom out and be like, I can accept that I won't have always the answers. I can accept that, that there's unknown and uncertainty and I can be at peace with that. And then you can remove that. You can remove the whole anxiety behavior out of the human as well. So then what are you left with? If you're not worried about the unknown, if you're not worried about your past, what's left? Presence. Mm. Pure presence for original thoughts and downloads and epiphanies and ideas and creativity to come through, to fully be here, to fully connect. Dude. It's so true. <laughs> I so much resonate. And the thing is, um, I, I, I'm more, you know, the more people, uh, come into my life and I share this podcast, for example, with, they ask me, so what is this about? And then I, oh, and then, and then I go, okay, now I got to find words for what we're talking about. Um, and then I come up with, you know, it's personal growth. It's a little bit of spirituality and yada yada and then they get hung up on the word spirituality and um but just now the last part like the the bit where you where you shared what you shared i could extract that and it's just like here's here's 50 years of psychotherapy you know summed <laughs> up in five minutes this is just this is just i don't know we, what we are talking about it's just life how does life work like how do you navigate the human experience? I mean, this is just, this is what's going on, you know, and this is just important to understand. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's well, fucking that, important, man. It, I don't know. It is. We, we really break free of the mind, you know, like presence is the key to psychological freedom. It's all it is. Like human beings suffer because of their mind movies and their programs within the mind that they received as children. That's all it is. That's all it is, is that they're prisons to their programs and to their beliefs and limitations. That's all it is. So the big thing to drive home is like, well, you aren't your mind. You're not your thoughts. You have thoughts, but they're not your thoughts. You're the witness of the thoughts. You're the observer of the thoughts, right? So it's like hammering that home, hammering that home. Mm. But it's hard, it's hard for people unless they meditate to connect those dots. So that's why the combination uh, with the work that I do is so vital. So basically my work is a lot of mentorship through these types of conversations, right? So I talk to people usually once a week for about an hour who work with me. Mm -hmm. And then all the other days they're doing breath work and meditation. So like they speak to me, connect some dots or they feel some truth within them. Like this sounds familiar because it, they already know, right? They already know like, oh, this sounds familiar. And mm -hmm. then when they meditate, it connects it even more. And then we have a conversation while they're meditating, conversation while they're meditating, it just connects to all the dots. And believe it or not, like most of my clients, I, I really only have them for a short period of time because <laughs> um, they're, yeah. they're done. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're absolutely good. They're like doing all the same cool stuff that I'm talking about. And they're becoming aware of how to manage their person and heal with their person. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, and I'm not doing anything besides just, um, teaching presence, just teaching presence. That's all it is, is presence is 
stillness, like, and really hammering that home and, you know, like figuring out how we can get people present and then just having these really fun conversations of, uh, you know, reminding them that they aren't the person, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, it's really a, a, a muscle you, you train and, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I really can share from personal experience that, um, it makes your life way better. I, I'm like the situation I'm in right now. I don't even want to imagine where I would be, um, if I hadn't done this work. I mean, I would drown in emotions. I would be completely, I would not be able to sit here because this is the apartment of my partner and myself. <laughs> and we are still living here together and I'm recording this podcast. And I don't know, it's just like, um, so essentially the, the reality that I'm in hasn't changed one iota. I mean, or very slightly, I don't know. There's just like really small physical changes that happened since we parted ways or sort of like this, this dynamic shifted. Um, however, this thing has a lot to say about what changed. Um, and so um, this is important and it's really immediately playing out um, in your life And it, it, you can benefit from it. Um, and um, something that I wanted to, okay, so two things, but okay, let's, let's first go quickly back to meditation. Um, when you say, that's just like, I'm just curious, how, um, how do you meditate? Is there like a specific method you're using? Um, I found, you know, I also tried a little bit things. I was spending some time in a Zen monastery um it's really minimalistic there you don't get any instructions on what to do basically it's just like sit down and be quiet um and then um yeah now it's i'm also moving more into first do breath work then meditation because i have the feeling i'm just like easier i don't know i, I can skip i can skip 20 minutes of just sitting by doing breath work before and then sitting down um, but I would just be curious, like, how, how do you meditate? Yeah. That's a great question. So the, the meditation that I created and um, built for a lot of my programs and what I lead at my events is, is transcendental meditation, essentially becoming nothing, becoming nobody. So that's, that's the meditation I do every single morning, my own 60-minute meditation. I put my own program on. And I listen <laughs> to awesome. my own prompts. Yeah. So I just listen to that. And um, it's a, it's more of a shamanic approach where I'm guiding my person to nothingness, just to simply be. And breath work is a big part of it. And I think breath work is the most profound tool that we can use into doing this work, because I think oftentimes uh, remembering that we aren't the mind is incredibly hard, especially when the mind is so, so loud and possibly very, very destructive. Yeah. So I think you, you, we have to approach this from also a very logical standpoint. So waking up and, and realizing like, if I want to really um, create some stillness within my person, the best thing would not to go on my phone right away in the morning, right? Or maybe not to have coffee before my meditation, yeah. right? So just simple little adjustments like that could be very powerful. So um, I wake up, you know, every morning at 5 a.m., uh, say what's up to my dog. And, uh, 
I, I get right down on the ground. I go into my meditation room and it's just about beingness. And during that beingness, what allows me to fall into that state of beingness for that portal to open for, for more information to possibly come through, um, I use the breath. The breath is a really great way to, one, it gives your, your person's mind something to focus on, something like the breath. So it's giving your attention to something acutely for, for a period of time, which is a really great way to manipulate your mind to be present. Right. So the breath is very powerful mm -hmm. to you're moving all that energy around um, in and out of your body. So if you are an individual that has not sat with their emotions and you haven't let them release or you hold the trauma within your body, this is a great way to start releasing that. And if you release that, you'll be way more at peace just to begin with. Like you'll feel more settled, less anxious, less overwhelmed, less restless um, just by breathing out the energy, releasing it back out. So the combination of doing something that requires your attention, your presence, and the the combination of removing or moving this energy around will let, uh, let you fall into a meditative state because we don't want to try to meditate you can't try and meditate it's like how alan watts always says you can't try to be zen and be zen you're just zen so you can't try to meditate so trying to quiet your mind is kind of silly what you need to do is do a certain level of activity or some type of um, yeah, activity, if you will, to to allow your mind to fall into a meditative state, to become nothing, to become just to fall into that beingness. And there's levels of beingness. So at first, you might only like, you know, be there for a few moments, and then the mind kind of creeps back in and pulls you from that space. And I think understanding like, okay, well, this is this is work. This is the part of that work. I, right now, my mind is super chatty, it gets in the way, like, it's not going to work right away. It's about putting in the reps, so to speak. It's about retraining your human your human is overstimulated it wants to go on its fucking phone right away it wants to do this this and this it, it wants the quick fix too it wants instant gratification it, it's also probably very addicted to artificial and simulated dopamine every seven to ten seconds so there's a lot of awareness of like the person not able to do that and then what you get to do is like hey we're just gonna sit down we're just gonna sit down and do it and what you could do too and i think this was something i i read in atomic habits or or maybe i watched it on the after school special what, what i always tell people and i really would like to give credit to that because it, it's a brilliant idea it's like instead of trying to sit down and do a full 60 minutes of breath work because that seems really daunting for people mm. um just just start it just start it and just go do one round and if at the end of one round if you want to get up get up if you don't try another round just see what happens. And when we kind of remove this expectation or this like huge thing, um, people tend to eventually kind of at least try it. It's like the cold. If, I, if you had never done cold therapy and I go, you have to go in for five minutes, that'd be that you probably would avoid that. But like, I, I can't do that for five minutes. But what if I go like, just get in. All you got to do is get in. If you want to get out right away, get out right away. And you're like, oh, okay. So now the person is like, okay. I could do that. I can, I can maybe get in. And I'm like, yeah, even if you don't want to sit down, that's okay. If you just want to put your legs in, that's okay. See how long you can stay in there for. But there, there's no, there's no, nothing you have to do. Just see. And we start kind of getting our person curious, right? Because curiosity is really powerful. So, and it builds and it consistently builds. So I think when we approach things, it's even like to the gym, you know, like if you're, if you're trying to go to the gym and you have all these fears around the gym, because that's what's stopping us is the mind, the fear, right? So it's like, well, how can we, how can we like get that, that abused puppy to come out of the kennel just a little bit, just a little bit. How can we get that paw out? Cause if we put too much, it's too, it's too scared. It, it, it takes time to, 
to hold space for these fears. And that's why a shaman is good. That's why what I do works really well. But eventually that, that scared person will see who's guiding it. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, I, the universe has me. <laughs> it full, it fully has me. It has me. And that's what you, you like, fuck. And that's infinite. And, and, and soon the person really starts trusting in the universe fully whether it's a meditation, whether that's in anything, you just fully trust after a while. But the trick is, I think is, is again, like really conceptualizing on a, on a, on a very like, almost like wisdom level of you are not your mind, you are not your thoughts. That's the big one. And, you know, I just created a, a program that will be coming out soon. It's like how to manage your anxiety. And it gets into a lot of the stuff we're talking about with, with mapping your mind, so to speak. And um, from a neurological perspective, but it also can, the lessons always have these little gems where it's like you have a mind, but you aren't the mind, you know? So it's a combination of, of stepping outside of the mind, but also like, well, if you're not the mind, who are you? You know, and then planting these little seeds. And then there's also then a, an exercise, like a meditation to connect those dots even more. And it's like going to be a 28 day program where there's, it's really kind of neat. Yeah. So we're combining like the science with the woo woo with, yeah, with the meditation, actual practice. So eventually like it's going to be amazing when people really kind of just start falling into the understanding of presence for, for their person to keep zooming out and understand how it all works. I couldn't agree more. It sounds really like that you know, a big part, I also, it's also new for me, came really through while you were talking, is the relationship that you seem to cultivate with your person mm, is also like a learning curve, basically. So there's like a sort of how, yeah, how you spark that curiosity, how you talk to him or her, um, how you nurture it how you hold space for him or her um this relationship i haven't yeah i haven't looked at it that way but um it really shines through when you're talking and i'm already getting a lot out of it just listening because i'm really sort of it's really practical it really helps me um yeah to what we also talked about earlier to to um be so empathetic to it it's just like dude man i'm so sorry that it's so hard on you right now uh, how can we mm -hmm. how can mm -hmm. improve the situation right now for both mm -hmm. of us yeah it's great it's great when you start building that relationship with your person like purely it's it's so beautiful and and uh with everything like if someone puts a plate of cookies down my person likes cookies mm. right but like by the fifth cookie i have to be like bro, <laughs> last cookie. And he's like, okay, fair enough. Last cookie. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's the funny thing too. It's like, if I'm like, if my person ends up getting on the phone too much, I, I have that conversation with him. Like, bro, you've been on your phone way too much today. Let's go. No phone while we're working out. No phone while we're working out. And his autopilot ass sometimes goes over and grabs the phone. I'm like, yo, yo, put that thing down, put mm. it down, put it down. And so you get really good at, at like shifting, really, really good at shifting. And when he casts judgment, I'd be like, hey, alchemize that right now. And he alchemizes it. And it's cool because he's getting more and more intelligent. He's doing less of these bad habits and better good ones over time. So 
that's the spiritual uh, solitude I think a lot of us aren't aware of taking. Like I've been mostly by myself, I would say, for the last year. You know, I had my se my separation, a new chapter with my previous wife, and uh, and it allowed me to really kind of step into this space of solitude to really kind of do, start really doing this inner work and have these profound conversations uh, on a, a way gnarlier level. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful, like geeking him up, getting him excited for things, you know, and and also asking him what he wants. What do you want in this lifetime? What do you see in this lifetime? What do you want to experience? And things are really important to him, like a divine woman and a divine child and mm. paying attention to how much he takes from the earth and and how he wants to contribute and what let, lets him feel fulfilled in many ways and uh, and so i work with him in those ways too i honor him and in, in those ways and I, I i question him when he wants to do something that's not fully aligned like how does that where does that actually come from mm. yeah and it's really kind of neat having this type of dialogue uh, with him and he is only getting smarter he's only becoming more love he's be barely ever reactive to be honest the last few months i have zero reaction over any over anything my person has zero reaction over anything. Like anything can happen almost, it seems. I'm just like, okay, good or bad. It's like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, just um, tr I'm trying to be respectful of your time. Do you have a little bit more time or do you have a hard, yeah, I, hard cut? I, I have about 15 more minutes, I would say, before a breathwork client comes through. Okay, okay, cool, sweet. Uh, well then, um, because... I quickly want to like I have like two three questions I like short questions toward the end but one more that um that just came now is um also again very close to my personal personal journey is surrender um is something that I was that I'm so working with a lot um because it's coming from like my teacher Michael Singer he's big on surrendering and um, this, it's basically overlapping with everything that we are talking about. However, um, with this thing that you were just sharing, you know, of just like, you know, being being this observer and having that distance, um, what's your take on, um, because you, you were talking a little bit about goals and visions and stuff that, you know, your person has, um, so how how does that affect um surrendering versus basically not letting the world walk all over you you know because you know there's gonna potentially maybe you're going to be confronted with individuals or situations where um it's either a or b um or maybe basically you are confronted with um, scenario A, and it's just like it's just coming into your life, um, and there's resistance coming, you know, and then it's basically like, okay, so is this now just like being in harmony with what is, meaning surrendering to this circumstance or this person who is, and I'm not saying like they're trying to hurt you like physically or something, because then it's quite obvious, but more like, um, I don't know, you get, I don't know, um, what could it be? 
I received an offer, for example, from someone um, to do something for them the other day. Um, there has been like sort of like a history and sort of dynamics. And I was really on the fence of whether or not I should do it um, because there would be some potential upside for me in some way, uh, worldly stuff. Um, but there was like resistance where it's just like sort of where this relationship is at and stuff and what's going on with my life. I'm just like, there's like a feeling of it not being sort of aligned. So then I was really on the fence of, hmm, okay, is this now a point for me to surrender right now? Is this just like a resistance from my mind and ego? Or like, I, I was question. really not so, you know? Yeah, I think that's a tough one. I think, I think seeing where that resistance comes from, and then you'll be able to see if it comes from a place of alignment with divinity or the ego. And the way that you can tell is one comes from fear and one comes from love. Pretty simple right and so that's how i usually so if i feel resistance towards something i i ask myself i go why do i have resistance and i can look look at the situation not with judgment but just with awareness of of my my energy and if it doesn't align i'm okay with that no judgment on them but i also honor my alignment my my frequency my energy and i choose something else i'll go mm. a different path you know, and, and there's no judgment, like, you know, that's fine. The trick is like, to do it without judgment. To, so you can honor yourself without judgment. You can honor all of that kind of stuff. And so the, the real thing is always like kind of sitting with what's, what, what is. And sometimes that can be hard. But that's why meditation is so powerful. Because as soon as you probably go into the nothingness, you'll know the answer like right away. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? That person, because there's really only two ways of doing things. Service to self or service to others. That's it. So a lot of mm -hmm. times for me, a lot of times for me, if I feel resistance with working with an individual, um, I can tell like, okay, they're still in a place of service to self. And that's fine. But that's not, that doesn't align with me. I'm right now in a place of service to others. And that's where I like to lead from. So that's how I usually make my choices. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and most people, really yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if the person is like, like for instance, if if Walmart came to me right now, I'm like Justin, we want to make you a part of Walmart, and we'll give you all this money, and like, okay, yeah, there's a part of that that could help me financially do X, Y, and Z. But I'm also then working with a company that does X, Y, and Z that doesn't align with me. And so, like, does this does this business align with me? You know, yeah, it can help me do this, but at what cost? And like, I, if I want to know how that really sits with me, I can meditate on that, bring myself to a more conscious, more loving awareness space, and then have a better idea. But, you know, a lot of times if you see how these businesses do work and that, how they're about profit, they're not actually about being of service, it becomes very simple. So for me, like my whole life, I always turned down supplement companies when I was in bodybuilding. I turned down a lot of these things. Uh, because I knew if I were to promote this for money, but I didn't believe in the product or I didn't think it was safe for kids or whatnot, that never aligned with me. So I would turn these businesses and companies down um, to to be of service, to be of service in the right way, not to just service self. And, and um, you know, and that's kind of in everything. I, there's always these forks in the road. Most of them, we have no idea they exist, but we kind of come to these forks every day and we usually choose service to self or choose service to others. And, a, and a, another simple one would be say, buying a plastic water bottle. 
right? So we are aware now that plastic is no good. So it contaminates the water. We're aware that um, it's toxic. We're aware that it doesn't re it's like decompose for 300 plus years or something. We're aware of these things. But say you get thirsty while you're driving in your car and you stop off at a gas station and you want a drink of water. Well, you are aware that what this causes is buying this water bottle and supporting and giving your energy, your currency, your money to a business or to a company that makes this this bottle without mindfulness, without loving awareness, without consciousness, and it's only for profit. So right there, you can choose to buy that water to service self in that very moment, right? And it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but you have thousands of forks in the road that you do all day long that you're not simply aware of. So I try to become aware of those forks in the road through my meditation so I can remove the ignorance of how I go through my life so I can actually choose service to others. So I'll go without, if I go into a gas station and I can't find a uh, water that's served in an aluminum can, I won't buy the water. I'll wait. So that there was a choice in that fork. I chose service to others instead of self. And so I kind of do that with everything from the clothes that I buy to the furniture that I get made to the food that I purchase. It becomes about conscious consumerism. And that's where I saw the biggest growth within my life was the actual walking of the walk, right? So you can do the meditation, but if you don't make any behavioral changes, your frequency is not going to change. Your energy won't change. And it becomes a lot harder that road. So you have a lot of people, I think, battling with that is because they actually don't do the be the, the behavioral change. It really comes down to seeing those forks. And, and sometimes those forks are really hard to change. Mm. You know, sometimes they, they're traditional forks from like family passed down. Sometimes they're coping forks for your anxiety and depression, right? It's like, like another an easy one for me is like Netflix and Hulu and Disney. Like I realized that these companies are um, always pushing a political narrative. I, I also realized that they over-sexualize children and uh, people. And so I became aware of this. I became aware of what they're putting out there. And, and like, yeah, it could have a good show here. It could have a good show there. But do I really want to take my currency, my energy, my, my money that I worked for and and then give this company that has these motives and support mm. them and put that back out in the world and the answer is no so then i go without netflix i go without hulu i go without disney and you know i don't get to have those shows or i don't get to partake in that but that's a service to others right there and so these are just like some kind of like small examples of how i kind of try to go through my days become very very mindful and aware of the energy I deal in on an everyday basis. The same thing as where I buy my food. So instead of going to a grocery store that sells, even if it's organic beef, is a regenerative farm? Is it made with mindfulness and love and consciousness? And so I wanna make sure that I support a business that is all about regenerative and, and giving back to the land. And they're doing this, that means there's love in that food. And that love is now coming to your plate all right, and you took your love because you were mindful enough to give back to them. It's a love transaction. And you do that yeah. with your furniture. You do it with your furniture. You do it with your clothes. You do it with your products. You do it with everything. You do it with everything. And that's when life gets fucking awesome. <laughs> Abundance and your energy and you're vibrating at such a level because you're conscious and mindful and aware of how you operate. Uh, and it just keeps getting better and better and better over time. So inspiring. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking at my list here of topics that I wanted to touch on with you and a lot really 
just really organically sort of found its way into this conversation, which I absolutely love. Conscious consumerism was one of them. Uh, I was hoping to um, speak to you about that as well. Um, really inspiring, seeing everything just like as energy and sort of like this exchange. Um, what do you want to really like sort of let in your life? Um, really beautiful. Um, big big one also for me. I can I can take away a lot of uh, fr from that um, and integrate into my life. Um, and I feel like, wow, there, there would be so much more that I, um, would actually like to explore with you some other time. <laughs> of course. I'd be happy to come back on. Um, however, um, so quickly just, you know, you know, the, if, if individuals sort of like resonated with your message, um, how can we find you and also, um, what can, what can we expect then? You know, um, how can we work with you? Yeah. Yeah. You can find me, uh, right now we're just actually re really relaunching or launching our new website, Nirvana mind body at, uh, .com. and Nirvana, Nirvana mind .com is the website that you can uh, come find me at and you can see all the different ways that I work with individuals and see what one would could, uh, resonate with, with you. You can also find me on my IG, of course, Justin D. Lovato, and just reach out via direct message if need be. And uh, we can always just start off with a conversation uh, and then see how that goes and see if, if, if it's a good fit. Um, usually, as I mentioned before, it leads into these wonderful types of conscious conversations, mentorship once a week or however you see fit. Um, as you get into the breath work and the meditation, um, we also have wonderful in-person events that we throw once a month. We also have Zoom events uh, that we throw every month. Uh, some big news too. Um, this actually hasn't been released at all, but we we uh, are now in the works of building a uh, a center here in downtown Austin. I'm looking for land to purchase in April, wow. and yeah, there'll be a full center, Nirvana Mind and Body Center. And uh, it will have everything from breath work to ecstatic dance to the cold and hot therapy to cacao ceremonies, essentially um, a place for people to truly reconnect. And um, yeah, so I'm very excited for what's to come. Um, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Dude, so yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of big news. Uh, yeah, that's so exciting. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually yeah stepped away from my plans of visiting the U.S. Uh, for some other reasons, but now I don't know. It just keeps coming, keeps getting better, man. It's just like so many different like people I find so awesome and inspiring, and it's just like all located in the U.S. and doing awesome things. <laughs> and now you drop you you drop that bomb, so uh, I think I I gotta I gotta really stop by. Um, wow, that sounds sounds incredible. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and also, also, I, I always express this and I truly mean it. If, if there's individuals listening to this and really want to get into this work um, and you cannot afford the services that are uh, listed, um, I will work with you uh, at, at any cost, uh, even if it's absolutely free. If you're an individual that doesn't have the funds to get into this work, I'll talk with you. I will send you my programs uh, at no charge just so you can kind of start doing this work. It's really important that everybody has access to this stuff. That's the most important thing, um, you know, with this work. So if you are an individual, uh, don't be shy. Reach, reach out, hit me up. We'll get you started. We'll have awesome conversations. Uh, we'll get you where you need to be. 
Thank you. Thank you for your service, Justin. Thank you. Um, meaning everything you do and also coming on the show uh, means a lot. I thank appreciate you, it you. deeply. So um, thank you. <laughs> thank you.